Welcome to Caldwell Medicine Review, episode 70. For Monday, November 13th, 2017, we're listening to the only podcast in the world that still remembers politically neutral animal documentaries on PBS. What happened to those? Now, why do I have to... Why does every animal documentary have some message about how humans are setting the world on fire and carbon taxes are going to save the planet? Uh, Also, the only podcast in the world that tripled its Twitter followers in the last episode. Um, And I don't use Twitter. Well, I do. I guess that's a lie to say I don't, because I have a Twitter. Twitter.com forward slash called mad, and I think pretty much the only tweets I would have on there were from the ones that Blog Talk Radio would push out for me. I had one follower on there, and now I had three. Is it because I mentioned it last episode? Podcast is blowing up. Blowing up in popularity. Um, I'm on other social media. Minds.com forward slash Cobble Madison. Gab.ai forward slash Cobble Madison. And you can email me, Adam. At Caldwell Madison, I am your host, Adam. This song you're listening to is Professor Umlaut by Kevin McLeod. You can check out his website for his website in Capitech.com for royalty-free music and graph paper. Not sure I know what an umlaut is, but I've been using this song for a lot of episodes. One of many good ones. If you're into projects, podcasts, or whatever, you can find a lot of good music that's royalty free from incompetech.com and other sites. No, I'm confused by some of it. I used one song one time and I uploaded a clip to YouTube and it... I thought the license was fine, but I said it was copyrighted material. They didn't take the, the video down, but they demonetized it. Not that I made any money off it anyway. Welcome to the show. Main headlines going around, well, Ray Moore, Roy Moore, shows you how much I know about this topic. Can't even say the guy's name right. I believe I mentioned this a little bit in the last episode, but I guess there's more accusers coming out, and this is kind of a interesting story here. Well, this video wants to play. Maybe I'll just, oh, it's 11 minutes long. This is a 
Let's see. There's a video titled GOP Senate Candidate Roy Moore's Latest Accuser Beverly Young Nelson gives disturbing account of alleged sexual assault when she was 16. So this is her. She's sitting there with her lawyer. I won't play the video. It's 11 minutes long. I haven't watched it yet. I haven't really read the story yet. But it's a story by that. Uh, well, I picked. I set aside anyway by Liz Goodwin. Um, a Yahoo News story. Could Roy Moore become the first U.S. senator expelled since the Civil War? So the article goes on to say Senator Cory Gardner, Republican, Colorado, released a statement Monday demanding the Alabama's Senate candidate Roy Moore step aside for, or after another woman came forward and said he had assaulted her when she was 16 years old. Gardner, the head of state of the Senate's political fundraising arm, said Moore should be expelled from Congress if Alabama votes him into office December 12th. Despite two women accusing him of sexually assaulting them when they were minors, three other teen girls said he pursued a relationship with them when he was in his late, or when he was in his 30s, according to the Washington Post. Quote, If he refuses to withdraw and wins, the Senate should vote to repeal him because he does not meet the ethical and moral requirements of the United States Senate, Gardner said in a statement. The Colorado Republican, who chairs the National Republican Senatorial Committee, had endorsed Moore after he defeated Senator Luther Strange in a primary. Mitch McConnell's asking him to leave the race as well, according to this article. A recent poll shows that Moore is still leading his Democrat challenger, Doug Jones, by 10 points. So this article is talking about him getting expelled after... He wins, assuming he wins. Uh, it doesn't seem like the jury is out, though, if he is guilty. So I'm not sure what it makes, uh, what sense it makes to talk about that now. Uh, I would guess if it is looking like he is guilty of this, he would probably step down, even after he wins. I think we've seen things like that before in the past. So I guess this article would be assuming that, you know, he wins. He still denies and uh, for whatever reason his colleagues not believing him. Which I suppose could be the case and then expelling him. And it doesn't even sound like there's been a much of an investigation yet on the allegations. So this will be interesting. Just going to do a quick search here and see if there's anything more about Roy Moore. I saw another article about uh, accuser, uh, another accuser of H.W. Bush. Said she was 16. Here's a interesting article titled Hannity Supporters Boycott Keurig. Coffee makers over Roy Moore defense. What is going on there? Coffee maker is defending Roy Moore, and okay, Hannity's defending Roy Moore. Uh, Hannity supporters boycott curry coffee makers over Roy Moore defense. Let me see this. Okay, the article says this is an article on Politico by Lewis Nelson. 
says the single cup coffee maker announced online over the weekend that it pulled its advertisements from Hannity's program after the Fox News anchor defended more against allegations that he initiated sexual a sexual encounter with a 14-year-old girl when he was 32 years old and that he dated other high school age girls in his 30s. Hannity contends that the candidate should be given the benefit of the doubt, prompting Keurig to uh, remove advertisements. It says Keurig and other companies. I don't know if I'm actually saying that right, that right Keurig, Keurig, I'm not really sure. I know what it is. Realtor.com and 23andMe pulled advertisements. If you ever want to get your DNA tested at company 23andMe, I encourage you to look them up online first. Because I've heard a lot of things about them. Or some concerning things about their company model anyway. So it's one of those things you should look up Probably most companies that you do business with anyway, because you want to know what they're doing with your personal information. And on Twitter, Hannity apparently saying he was humbled and speechless and frankly laughing his ass off. That is supporters' vehement reaction to Keurig's decision. See, he shared a link to videos of Hannity fans destroying Keurig machines and a link to a Huffington Post article headlined, your curry machine may be covered in bacteria and mold. Now, I guess I have to look this up now. I need to see this video. It sounds funny. I mean, well, it's videos of somebody smashing, people smashing coffee machines, apparently. Well, here's an interesting Matt Drudge tweet from today. I remember seeing I've seen it again because Hannity retweeted it, but I thought I thought I'd just read it. And it says I've linked to the Washington Post over ten thousand times in twenty-five years of doing Drudge Report. I currently give them thirty-seven percent of their referral traffic, according to SimilarWeb.com. It's a brutal business. Not even a thank you. Instead, you're a Russian operative. And he links to uh, another one. He, li- well, he links to the Washington Post article. It's titled, Analysis, one of the busiest websites in the U.S. in 2016. Regularly, it's cut off, regularly linked to Russian propaganda as I'm getting blocked by the Washington Post. I must have read too much Washington Post articles. And by the way, if you ever want to get around that, just have another, if you have another browser, just copy and paste the link or use a proxy. Get as many free articles as you'd like. Well, I missed all this news. But it's interesting, you know, there's a lot of these accusers coming out. And a lot of times it's true. You know, sometimes you just can't hide from the fact. You know, that you're a a creep or whatever. (laughs) You know, if you have all these women coming out against you. But um, other times, you know, they can come at you uh, on convenient times. They can be, you know, paid or attention-seeking. That's too bad this political article just doesn't link to the tweet. Okay, here's a smash compilation. I just had to look for this online. I couldn't see it. I couldn't find it in his Twitter. Maybe I just overlooked it here, but...
There's another guy with a golf club. I'm skipping ahead here. And he hit it pretty good. Here's the guy with the... What was that? Looked like some kind of ball thrower or something like that, maybe? Kind of hard to see if he smashes a Keurig with that. There's some other stuff, too. This is interesting. Another guy he's smashing his with a... What does he got here? Maybe a bat. Yeah, it looks like a bat. Gee, the things I miss. Now, how did I miss this? <clears throat> There's even a, a video from Time. A minute long. Let's see what they have to say about why people are smashing their coffee machines. That's text. The company announced it's curved when the ads <clears throat> will no longer appear on Sean Hannity's show. The move came after Hannity urged people not to rush to judgment about Alabama candidate Roy Moore. He was facing allegations that he pursued relationships with teenagers when he was in his 30s. been guilty of sexual misconduct with anyone. These allegations came only four and a half weeks before the general election on December 12th. That's more speaking. Why now? That's probably as deep as we need to get into that story for now. Typically I like to grind my own coffee beans anyway. The cup seems like such a, a waste. Too convenient. Too expensive. New York Times puts out a opinion piece. Can my children be friends with white people? By Ikao and Yanka. All the rage. This article's all the rage with conservatives this week. And over the weekend. The article begins by saying my oldest son wrestling with a four-year-old's happy struggles. He's trying to clarify how Many people can be his best friend. Quote, my best friends are you and Mama and my brother and, end quote. Um, but even a child's joy is not immune to this ominous political period. The summer's images of violence in Charlottesville, Virginia prompted an array of questions. Some people hate others because they are different. I offer lamely. A, a childish but distinct panic enters his voice, but I'm not different. So this article goes on to say how about how um, I believe this person never never experienced any major racism growing up. Uh, says that he grew up in a classic Midwestern college town that was a diverse and happy childhood kind of place slightly dull um, but now this person is apparently teaching their child to be skeptical of white people 
with your typical references of Trump and neo-Nazis. Right, so the piece goes on to say, Donald Trump's election has made it clear that I will teach my boys the lesson generations old, one that I for the most part nearly escaped. I will teach them to be cautious. I will teach them suspicion. I will teach them distrust. Much sooner than I thought I would, I would have to discuss with my boys whether they can truly be friends with white people. Now, if you're familiar with the Russian hack narrative or the Russian interference narrative, I guess it would be more on the interference side. You are familiar with the accusation that Russia is trying to promote division, being involved with Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter's ads, I think maybe even one of the biggest BLM websites I thought I remember hearing. Looks like I'm finding mostly stuff, uh, mostly things about ads, but uh, either way, my point is, uh, who is doing more dividing? Is it Russia or is it some of our own media? Perhaps New York Times, the Washington Post, the Huffington Post, Salon, Slate, Mike, the New Republic, all the others, perhaps they want segregation to be brought back to America. All the while calling the ones outside their thought bubble racist, if that makes any sense, and it shouldn't. There's an interesting story on clickorlando.com. Never any good news coming out of Florida. Sheriff DeBerry man was creating weapon of mass destruction. Christopher Langer arrested during investigation on Bradwick Circle. An article by Don Jorgensen and Daniel Dom. A man arrested at a DeBerry home where deputies uncovered explosive devices and about 200 containers holding unknown powders, acids, and other materials, including bodily fluids was one step from creating a weapon of mass destruction. Volusia County Sheriff Mike Chitwood said. It says the sheriffs were called Sunday afternoon uh, on a domestic disturbance. Christopher Langer, 31, was arguing with his parents when he told them he had replaced an explosive substance inside a grenade. Langer, who deputies said was intoxicated, initially denied the grenade existed, but later said he had thrown it outside. A deputy found a metal pineapple-style grenade that had a paperclip in place to hold the lever and keep it from exploding. The uh, deputies evacuated the house. The search resulted in discovery of estimated 200 containers inside the home containing unknown powders acids, and other materials. At least 79 containers were placed in a containment area, and many others were determined to be holding bodily fluids, which I'm pretty sure was urine. This is the second article I read about this. 
Chitwood described Langer, who has been hospitalized four times under the state's Baker Act, uh, as a heroin addict um, who is a anti-government and wanted to get even by harming first responders. And Chitwood continues, Chitwood, quote, two weeks ago we save your, and they bleep it out, G star star dash D star 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 <laughs> life. Now we're here two weeks later and you're talking about how you want to blow us all up. He said the house is normal besides the guy's bedroom. If I was a roach, I wouldn't live in that room. That's how despicable and dirty and feces and urine filled the room is. The rest of the house is in pretty good shape. Now, this article says he saved bottles of urine, which could can also be used to make a bomb. So maybe that's what he was doing. Antifa seems to just like to dump it on people during protests. Here's an article from the Associated Press: Privacy fears over artificial intelligence as crime stopper. Article by Rob Lever. Police in the U.S. state of Delaware are poised to deploy smart cameras in cruisers to help authorities detect a vehicle carrying a fugitive missing child or strained senior. The uh, video feeds will be analyzed using artificial intelligence to identify vehicles by license plate or other features and give an extra set of eyes to officers on patrol, says David Hinojosa of Coban Technologies, the company providing the equipment. We are helping officers keep focus on their jobs, says Hinujosa, who totes the new technology as dash cam on steroids. The program is part of a growing trend to use vision-based AI to thwart crime and improve public safety. A trend which has stirred concerns among privacy and civil liberties activists who fear that technology could be lead to secret profiling and misuse of data. Gee, I wonder how they could misuse that. And by the way, it's not to thwart crime, possibly, but uh, usually they use it to solve a crime or locate somebody who's already committed it. If you want to thwart crime, you just put cameras everywhere, including in people's bedrooms. You want to have a very happy society after that, though. And, uh, by the way, misusing data, sure. That can be misused. There will be unaffected, or there will be unelected, rather. There will be unelected officials, as well as contractors. That will have access to this data and all who might have personal reasons to abuse this data. And there are already technologies out there that will read license plates and track cars already in use. I think more specifically on some federal highways, freeways. So if this doesn't bother you, just like to remind you that usually when uh, you give 
a government or bureaucracy power, it's pretty hard to get rid of it and it takes a very long time. So you don't really get a trial period to see if things like this get abused or there's negative consequences. You're usually stuck with it. Usually. There has to be a lot of outrage to stop something like that. It typically can be abused for a while before that happens. Uh, there's another article, totally different topics. As Corey Feldman names a second alleged abuser. And I don't remember who the first one was, but I do remember reading about it. And his man is Alfie Hoffman. He ran the exclusive Alfie's Soda Pop Club in the 80s. A series of parties for children under 16. It's attended by many stars of the day like Corey Feldman, Corey Haim. So it looks like he's kind of abandoning his uh, $10 million movie idea, which is good. I, I'm not going to I'm not gonna blame this guy for uh, being a little freaked out, though. I would like to see that movie, though, but probably... Not the way he wanted to make it. He wanted to make a he wanted to make a movie, and he said it wasn't a documentary, but it was a movie that would uh, just recreate you know all the stuff. And he would uh, he would use the real names of the abusers. I think he should make a fiction movie instead, though. One where like he gets revenge and all his abusers, maybe just rounds them up one by one and then lines them up and shoots them or something like that. You know, like an action movie. He's like getting revenge for his friend Corey Haim. I'll write a script. I'll write a script and send it to him. And he can use the money for protection. There's an article on pjmedia.com by Tyler O'Neill. says, shock. More than half of California pregnancies unintended. It says on Monday, the U.S. Supreme Court announced that it would take up the abortion case National Institute of Family and Life Advocates versus Xavier Becerra. The legal brief for Becerra, which defends a California law mandating crisis pregnancy centers to post information about abortion, stated an eye-popping figure. According to the state of California, more than half of pregnancies in the state are unintended. I'm going to give everybody some sex education right here. I feel it is my duty. Perhaps people don't understand pregnancy that much. If you're banging, there's a chance of pregnancy. Well, you know what? It's been a, it has been a slow news weekend as far as I can tell. I'm going to look real quick. Just going to do a live headline search. See what's going on. Here, let's, uh, here's a story. Trump Jr. messaged with WikiLeaks during and after campaign. It's a story in the Associated Press. They have a, a video from ABC, though. And I believe Julian Assange may have tweeted something about this. But let's uh, let's see what this story has to say here. Let's see, uh, the, learn the narrative that they're, they would like to paint. Donald Trump Jr. and his secret correspondence, his messages for months with WikiLeaks before the election. The Atlantic breaking the story tonight, ABC News confirming. The communications began during the campaign and continued well after his father was in the White House. Tonight, Don Jr.'s messages, what they reveal about WikiLeaks and their advice for the Trump campaign. 
And tonight, just in, Donald Trump Jr.'s response. We begin here with ABC's Mary Bruce. Tonight, the shocking private messages between Donald Trump Jr. and WikiLeaks. ABC News learning that starting at the height of the campaign, Donald Trump's son and WikiLeaks were secretly corresponding. Late tonight, Don Jr. released the messages on Twitter. As first reported in The Atlantic, the exchanges with WikiLeaks went on for at least 10 months, starting in September of 2016, just two months before the election. The president's son communicating with WikiLeaks, a group the intelligence community believes was used by Russia to spread information about Hillary Clinton and influence the election. Even President Trump's own CIA director has said this. It's time to call out WikiLeaks for what it really is a non-state hostile intelligence service often abetted by state actors like Russia. WikiLeaks had already leaked <laughs> stolen documents and emails from the DNC when Don prepare. Jr. started receiving direct messages from the group on Twitter. All the while, his father proclaiming this. Uh, WikiLeaks! I love WikiLeaks! Two days after that rally, WikiLeaks wrote, Hey Donald, great to see you and your dad talking about our publications. Adding strongly suggest your dad tweets this link if he mentions us, sending a link to their leaked documents. Don Jr. did not respond, but 15 minutes after it was sent, Donald Trump himself tweeted very little pickup by the dishonest media of incredible information provided by WikiLeaks. So dishonest, rigged system. And two days later, his son tweeted out that link that WikiLeaks had sent. Sources close to Don Jr. believe that after WikiLeaks first reached out, Don Jr. informed campaign leaders, including Steve Bannon, Kellyanne Conway, and Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner. For months, Trump Jr. and WikiLeaks kept talking. And though Don Jr. did not engage with all of WikiLeaks' requests, he didn't rebuff them either. WikiLeaks even wrote to Don Jr. on Election Day. Even they seem to think Hillary Clinton was going to win. Writing, hi Don, if your father loses, we think it is much more interesting if he does not concede and spends time challenging the media. But by the end of the night, Trump had won. WikiLeaks' response, wow. So let's Ooh. get to Mary Bruce with us live tonight they from said, Washington. Wow, and Mary, as we oh, heard some commentary here. <clears throat> so there's some tweets by Julian Assange too. Incredible, the Atlantic edited Trump Jr. DM story, DM's direct message, to reverse its meaning, even removing that the Clinton campaign is constantly slandering us with right after pro-Russia, full text, change everything. So apparently Don, Donald Trump Jr. published a missing context in the alleged Twitter correspondence. And he's got, it looks like some of the full tweets are here. Here's my entire chain of messages with WikiLeaks, my whopping three responses, which one of my congressional committees had chosen to selectively leak. How ironic. <laughs> and he's got them here. One, he says, off the record, I don't I don't know what that is, but you know, I'll look, ask around, thanks. And that's WikiLeaks tweeting them about a, a pack anti-Trump site called PutinTrump.org is about to launch, and they discovered that the pack is a recycled pro-Iraq war pack. So, <laughs> how about that? And he had a couple other uh, messages back. Says, already did that earlier today. It's amazing what she can get away with. Now it's regarding Hillary. And another one, what's behind this Wednesday leak I keep reading about? So he's asking them for clarification on a leak. So, I guess that's what the big hubbub is about. 
Lots of lots of nothing burgers. You'd think you'd just see a bunch of uh, skeleton journalists everywhere. You can't get full off of a nothing burger. And that story is headlining on Huffington Post right now. Report junior contact with WikiLeaks during campaign. You know, Huffington Post, they seem to have a lot of divisive kind of narrative on their site looking at it. wonder if they're run by the Russians. They're all run by the Russians. I just, you know, I could start out my own conspiracies. I could use, you know, about just as much evidence as they use. Which is none. But apparently you can make a lot of news off of no evidence. As we've seen in the last year or so. I think that's going to be it for Caldwell Medicine Review episode 70. want to thank you for joining. Planning the next show for Thursday. If you like the show or you have a comment, leave it on Blog Talk Radio or Gab or Minds or whatever one one of those. Twitter. I'll try to post this on Twitter too. Might as well start using Twitter. I I read read a lot of Twitter. It turns out. But anyway, have a good rest of the week and I'll hope to catch you next time.